Let's pray. God of grace, be with us now. That we might hear your word, that you might fill our spirits with joy, and that we might glorify you. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, as I said in the, in the 5 o'clock series, I, I'm from Jersey, and, and I tend to point out things that are, you know, just sort of name them. And, and when I walked in tonight at, at three, you know, I came in today at 3, I looked down the hall, and I happened to see Scott. Uh, and I don't know if you can tell any resemblance between Scott and I. Go on, Scott. But we didn't plan this. And we had a short discussion about, well, what, you know, I didn't bring any other pants. And he, fortunately, he had a green, a green scarf. But I thought in order to differentiate, I also thought I, I would add some, some glow sticks. Oh, you can't tell. Can we kill the lights for a second? Come on now. Jasmine, lights? No? I guess we can't see. I lost the effect. It didn't even work. After. During, during the, the candles at the end. I will go without jacket, and you will be utterly amazed. You'll be like, who's that guy with the glowing arms? You got to love awkward moments in lives, in your life. And, and, and I remember when I was a, uh, when I was a child, we always grew, I grew up in a, a family that celebrated Christmas both in a cultural way and in a Christian way. So we did the Santa Claus thing, and we had uh, stockings, and we went Christmas caroling, and we did cookies and, and gift-giving and presents and all those sort of things under the tree. But then we also had this Christian side that we, you know, had Advent devotions. We had the flannel board where we were putting up little cutouts of Mary and everyone on it, and we had a nativity set, and, and we sat down every night, and we did these things. And even on, even on Christmas morning, before we could even open a single gift... We had to actually have devotions, and we had to read the story of uh, uh, in, in Luke, the one we we're reading tonight, and we had to we had to sort of turn our eyes towards Jesus before we ripped open the gifts. And then later in that evening, after we had our dinner celebration, my mom would always bring out a cake, and on this cake, it said "Happy Birthday, Jesus." I don't remember if there were candles, but I think there were, and. The, the awkward thing about this cake is when I was a kid, we, you know, they, sure, beast, anyone else do this? Does anyone else do this? Come on, put your hands in the air. I know you don't have glow sticks on, but anyone, two, just a couple of us, yeah? Hold them proud. It's okay. Jesus' birthday cakes. Do you sing? Yeah? And we sing, and we would sing, and, 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 you know, and as a kid, you love this. Your happy birthday, too. Now, things change as you get older. And it was probably when I was a 16-year-old and I got my driver's license that no longer was, you know, I had jobs around Christmas. No longer was it my job to, to, to you know, set the table. But this time for Christmas dinner, my job was to go and get the birthday cake. And I remember going into Dairy Queen for the first time and really not thinking about it and saying, I'm here to pick up a cake. You're like, oh. What's the name? Santos. Okay. Who's it for? Jesus. <laughs> Who? Jesus. And then they you know, bring you the cake and happy birthday, Jesus, scripted. Sometimes there was a little angel on the side. You know, they did a nice job. Good, good folks at Dairy Queen. And later I would find out that actually there were a lot of cakes that said happy birthday, Jesus. But I remember the first time I did that, that I just sort of felt a little funny. 
Like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a birthday cake for, for a guy that's been, you know, that birthday was 2,000 years ago. And I thought, isn't it a coincidence that Jesus was born on Christmas? <laughs> I mean, go figure. Talk about weird. So I bring this cake home, and we, you know, we do the celebration. And, and there was a, something at the age of 16 that I knew that we were celebrating Jesus' birth. But that it was kind of... It was just, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was missing something. Like, I just sort of, you know, in, in the same way as, as I got older, I started thinking more and more about Christmas. And over the last four or five years, I've really thought a lot about Christmas. And as I thought about Christmas, the more I've realized that as a culture and as a church, we have blended this celebration. And we try to blend this celebration in a way that honors both sides, And I'm going to say, it's okay, let's celebrate the gift giving, let's celebrate St. Nick, let's celebrate, you know, the tree and everything else that goes with it, family and and, and joyous time, but let's also reserve a holy moment, a holy day, where we turn our eyes towards the star and say, something significant happened on that night. And even in the manger, and even as we look at those pictures of, of sweet baby Jesus and And I sort of say that tongue-in-cheek because as a culture and as a Christian community, sometimes we've taken that image of nativity. And we, and there's just, it's just soft, warm feelings about it. How many of you love babies? They're just so cute. They got the little balled up fists and and little shoes and, and little hats and you really love it. You're like, she's still got her hand up. She's like, I love babies. And there's this sense that we want to gather around this idea that there was this baby in a manger. Because it makes us feel warm inside and it makes us feel excited. And, you know, we don't stop to think about the fact that the inn and the stable probably, you know, was, was crowded with animals. And it was humble. And it was in the city. And you probably couldn't see you know, for miles around, and it wasn't picturesque. And as I've thought about this, I think about the fact that maybe even in the celebration of baby Jesus, we've missed something. Maybe in our effort to make baby Jesus the reason for the season, we've missed the very reason that God came to earth. Often when we read Christmas stories, we read the story in Luke. And it tells us the story, and so does the the stories in Matthew and Mark and Luke. And they all tell us the the story of Jesus. But as you can see, John 1, 9-13 actually tells us what the meaning of that story is. And I'd like to read it to you now. Verse 9, The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. I'm going to stop there right before verse 12. And we know this story. Jesus came into the world as a baby, grew up as a carpenter. His people rejected him. And he was ultimately put on a cross to die. But in verse 12, it says something that is so profound and so important for us that it makes a claim on our lives of what it means to be 
children of God. Listen to this. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of humans, but of God. You see, the Israelites were waiting for a Messiah to come and save them. They weren't expecting it in a baby. Born in a manger, born, set in a trough, surrounded by stinky animals. But we, on that night, were called children of God. An invitation, just as David said earlier, we're we're invited to be children of God. And that invitation, that offer, that promise, that claim is what Christmas ultimately is about. I remember back when I was a, a junior hire, and believe it or not, I wasn't actually very good at sports. I know it's hard to believe. It's all right. It's true. I remember in sixth, seventh grade, we were playing kickball, and this happened a lot. They were choosing teams. You know, I'll take Wade, I'll take Billy, I'll take Joe, take Susie. What about Santos? Um, He can play all time outfield. And they'd send me out to the, to the left field. And I, I kid you not, I did play all the time in field once. I did play. And I remember being out there in the outfield and not even realizing that they were switching back and forth. And I'm just standing out there, you know. What's going on? The ball hasn't been kicked out to me. But I remember what it was like not to be chosen. Not to be included. I was excluded from that sense. And I, and I, I was, you know, I felt rejected out there. I wasn't a part And this is the amazing thing about Christmas. That on the eve before Jesus was born, we hadn't been chosen. It wasn't for us, as far as we knew. You had a people who were waiting and longing for a Messiah, and we were just standing around. But out of the majesty of God's glory and grace, He decided to make Himself known to us. And in doing so, He made a claim on us that gives us the right to be called children of God. The ultimate divine being that brought everything we have in this world into being has chosen to call us his children and has invited us to spend eternity with him. This is the true meaning of Christmas. Let's pray. God of the Incarnation. Thank you for including us in your Son's precious name we pray. Amen.